0: AWS Developer Podcast. I'm Emily Freeman here with Dave Zbitsky and Chris Williams for episode two that had no business being in here, but fine. Um, <laughs> Chris, we're so excited to have you on this extended recording session. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you both so
1: much for having me on. It's it's an it's an both an honor and a privilege. <laughs> I super appreciate you, Chris. You're the best. You're
2: a pillar of the community. And I cannot wait to learn about DevOps 2022 from you and the Emily Freeman.
1: I'm crying. <laughs> <I'm>
0: crying. <laughs> it's a mistake letting Dave do sound effects.
1: <laughs> Whatever you do, don't give Dave a soundboard ever again.
0: Do not. No, we're going to take it away, actually. Um, I, so, okay. So DevOps. DevOps. I like how I like, went right into it. Um, hey, y'all. DevOps. <laughs> DevOps 2022 has it yes, changed from DevOps 2010 or 2020 or
1: 2019? Oh, yes. 2010. Tell me all the
0: Over things. Over to you, Chris.
2: What's the history?
1: It yes, yes, it has evolved um, for, for the better. Much, much like every other technology that that comes up. The word cloud, the word DevOps, the word DevSecOps, the 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 new bright and shiny is AI Ops. Of course, um, it's it has evolved in in the good way that more people actually have an understanding of what the generalized definition of it is. Um, when I when I go into a customer now, it's I st- I still have to first ask that question. When so when a customer comes and says, "We would like to order one DevOps, please." Bef- before, you know, in 2015 and 2010, yeah. the, the salesperson would say, yes, we would love to sell you a DevOps. Would you like pepperoni on that? And then I would have to, you know, walk everybody back from the cliff and try to try to figure out what it is. Nowadays, the, the conversation is much more nuanced. People have a much better understanding of what encompasses the role of, of the My DevOps day person. have a
2: better understanding because they read a book called DevOps for Dummies, You know what? I've
1: read that book. It's so good. Who wrote that? Everyone has read that book. That person was super smart.
0: (laughs) So smart. stop. No. (laughs) Keep (laughs) going. Yeah, that's very nice. But you're right. People do have a better or a more evolved understanding of DevOps. I I hesitate to say better because we're still in interpretations um, and all of that. But yeah, I agree.
1: Yeah, it's it's much more, and and this is something that, so I, I work for um, WWT, I'm, I'm an EA for them. And, and as such, I go into customer sites during the pre-sales engagement. So when we're talking about projects, trying to define what it is that they want, what it is that they need. And the conversations that I have now when they say, oh, well, we need to have a DevOps motion about this. I still have to say, okay, customer X what is it that you think DevOps is? And why, And more importantly, why do you think that's what you need to actually solve your business problem? And that conversation isn't nearly as scattershot as it used to be. So so five years ago, 10 years ago, it was, oh, we've, we've heard that DevOps is the silver bullet that will fix everything. They, they now know that it's not. They now understand that it's gonna be a very tactical ask and, and instead of a selection of 100 different options, they are now looking at a selection of like 10 or 15 different options, which which is going in the right direction. So that's why that's why I think today's DevOps conversation is more evolved as well.
0: That makes a lot of sense. I do think, yeah, the the sort of spread in understandings has consolidated a bit. I do right. think. We're at a place. I mean, I'll I'll say something bold, and you can disagree. Um,
1: Ooh,
0: controversy,
1: cage match. Let's do no. it.
0: Okay, <laughs> I think we went a little too far with DevOps in that mm-hmm. we kind of squished it into this. Um, you know, I always think of Balmer and his developers, developers, developers. <laughs> you know, I love I love that whole that whole thing. I think.
2: I have a question for you, Emily, what you, you think about this. And I think this will be part of what you're saying. If you wrote the DevOps for Dummies book post pandemic, because I, I can guarantee almost everyone who's read your book probably lists, oh, look at that. Chris is holding <laughs> up the book. You have to get, did you get it autographed, by Emily? We got to do that at <gasps> Green bay. The line would be me? so long.
0: Yeah.
2: Boom. Oh. Oh, oh, beautiful.
1: Oh, wow. That's how we like, actually first met.
2: For anyone who can't see this on camera, it says farts. Love Emily. So if you had to actually write this book post pandemic, what would you have changed for DevOps? Because um, I do feel like it's affected things. I can you to so list. Question. Here's an inside thing. I can't say the company name. Huge company. If I said the name, people would would know it. And last re- was it? No, it was 2020 reInvent in developer tools. I'm listening to these different companies. They stopped development for six months on these major releases that people would know. I'll just say it's in the gaming industry. And they held up games for six months because they didn't have a DevOps process for remote. They actually had to come in to the office, which is crazy to me. Um, No, I mean,
0: I'm yeah. I wouldn't change a thing,
2: Dave. My book is perfect. Now go be quiet. Dave,
0: I'm going to answer this question in a whole. And then I gonna ask my question to Chris. <laughs> um, yes. Go ahead okay, on. so,
2: I'm only doing this for the two people if, on the Apple podcast that says Dave talks too much and interrupts
0: the guest. Yes, clearly you're trying to just drive them insane. <laughs> you're like, you know what? We're leaning in. We're Sheryl Sandberging this. We're going all the way on this. Um, if I were to write DevOps for Dummies now and not pre-pandemic, DevOps for Dummies wouldn't exist <laughs> because really my soul soul does not have a formal book in it right now i i have been trying to write a book for two years because i thought at the start of the pandemic Mm. i was like oh this will be a great time i have weekends alone now we should we should utilize this time to write the next great american novel Mm -hmm. um and then i fell into this like fugue state where I just consumed chocolate chip cookies and watch Netflix shows until I actually ran out of Netflix shows. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think like, I mean, I've talked about this, the the energy it takes to create something is it's quite a lift. Oh Yeah. And, um, yeah. So I, long and short of that is that I, I think for me, I would add some things around, Certainly like just updates to terminology or things that we kind of review now, like GitOps is not in the original book, AIOps is not in the original book. Um That's true. that probably yeah. deserves some attention. I also think that through the pandemic, like you alluded to with the gaming company, yeah. a little different, but there was a there was a pullback, there was a hesitation, um, especially in 2020, where there was just like a lot of uncertainty. And when people feel uncertain, they kind of freeze um Chris we could talk about uh fight,
1: that's that's an entire topic freeze. all into itself
0: <laughs> yes uh, for his third episode Chris Williams joins us talking <laughs> about, what's broken about people um back
1: on the couch with Chris Williams
0: <laughs> I, I would I would completely do that podcast that would be funny <laughs> so yeah I think it would just be a a kind of topic around making sure that your processes exist and that They exist, regardless of the sort of um, temperature of the climate in the room, you know, I think there was this just this kind of holding back on things that that didn't benefit anyone. I totally understand why it happened, but that was that. So that's my explanation on that, Chris, the original question I was going to ask about developers, 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 to look back in this chaotic uh, spider's web of a conversation I think we over-indexed on developers within DevOps, and we, we kind of pushed this, and I'm sure I com- contributed to this, right? Like, I'm the one up on stage say, talking about this. Dave's
1: um, mm-hmm.
0: over here saying, conversation is like water. Be like water. Let it flow. <laughs> yeah. It <doesn't, laughs> it's not white water rafting, you know? <laughs> like
2: like a soothing river. No, a be like water. just water, like a famous water. Bruce Lee quote. Yes, mm-hmm. water takes the shape of whatever you put it in. Be like water, bend, and adjust, too.
0: Okay. Well, I think we weren't like water with DevOps. We pushed it all into developers. We undermined the Mm -hmm. benefits of operational excellence. Um, And we're at this place where it's a little chaotic because developers, their primary skill set is not operations, nor should it be. Um, But we're, we're at this place where I think we have. We have done away with. Uh, certainly, traditional ops teams. Sometimes they've switched over to platform teams or SRE teams. Um, but I do see this sort of approach where we expect developers to support what they build completely. And, and I think a lot of companies are struggling with it. You, you talk to customers. You help people. What are you seeing? Do you agree with that? Or, or I,
1: I thought that I was going to have a little bit of like contention and some some violent disagreement here, but no. The so the, the last gig that I just got off of was, was experiencing exactly that problem. They had, they had an ops team and they had uh, the development team and the, there, there, was, there was no set expectation of whose role was going to be what. So the, the most important thing that you could ever ask a company at the beginning of any kind of like DevOps restructure or initiative is what is, what is your end goal? What is it that you're trying to get to? Do you want to release three times a day? Do you want to release a thousand times a day? Do you want to release once every three weeks? Uh, wh- what is the role of testing going to be in your group? Um, how how embedded is your mo- how how good is your monitoring and observation platform? How good is your security scanning platform? Where do, where does that lead into it? And if you answer all those questions, whether whether for good or for ill you can you can then figure out where you want to get to at, at the end of at the end of your engagement or at the end of whatever processes you're trying to do. The developers have been saddled with operational tasks like why is why is it taking so long for this thing to get from X to y and the operational people haven't been, given enough knowledge of the development environment to be able to say things like, well, Hey, make this query a little bit smaller and then you can do, then you can, then this TTL will be lower. And so, so that the, 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 the mental burden has shifted. I think, I think that it happens. The, the mental shift, depending upon the company happens either one side or the other, but they're, but they're not playing well together in the sandbox on the whole. And so, and if, one of the things that I do when I go in is I do an evaluation period of okay, who stinks, who's great, who's overburdened, and who's not doing their job, and who's doing too much of too many jobs, and then I and then I try to strike that even balance between the two of them. So I 100% agree with you. I got. A, I have a question for you, if Emily will allow.
2: So I always like to. <laughs> <laughs> I think of things like if I'm going to go. Like if I'm going to go, oh, now she's off. Oh, no, she's back.
1: Okay. She's piecing out.
2: So, <laughs> yeah. This is what I, so I started out my career in the 1800s uh, as a consultant <laughs> going to all these different companies and seeing things. Back in the
1: day, I used to.
2: When I was a boy, so my kids would say, they'd be like, oh, no. Dad's saying when I was a boy. So I loved visiting all these different companies. mm mm-hmm. And I saw how large companies worked, how small companies worked, how startups worked. One thing that I found that I loved, which is why I feel like I am a technology enthusiast, is regardless of how screwed up the culture was, because the culture comes from the leaders down right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I do feel like regardless, when you talk to the developers on the front lines, they don't have a lot to do with the culture. They can kind of control their own teams and themselves. The culture in a company comes from leaders. And if you don't have good leaders, right. I, you know, sometimes you can have a very toxic competitive culture. But it was always the technology that I would go and I would see across all things that were solving problems. And mm-hmm. we talk a lot About we've never we've talked a lot on the show about different infrastructure as code, which I think is a big part of DevOps and automating the ability to do all of your deployments and to do all of your testing and to do that with less people and to do it in a smart way. And we've talked Mm -hmm. about Terraform. We've I just posted the CDK versus CloudFormation with uh, Steve Carell and uh, Ryan Gosling. (laughs) Someone posted that meme. Maybe I'll need to do this. It's great. Um, But like, what are you seeing now, Chris, in like real world in, has that changed DevOps conversations in the technology we have? Or do you feel like we need to be doing more? Does AWS need to be doing more? Are we still, because I guess what I'm getting at is that I have found that technology can solve some of these disagreements that are happening between human beings. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and have we done a good job with that over the past 24 months or are we stuck?
1: That's, that's a loaded question. <laughs> and, we and, specialize
0: well, in those here, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> the,
1: so the, the reason, the reason why I think that it's loaded is I, I find that 9.99 times out of 10, the technology doesn't matter. Like, I, I'm, I'm not sitting there having conversations with people. Well, should we use GitHub Actions or should we use GitLab CI? That, that's, that's not...
2: Are you talking to the developers? Or are you talking at a C-level exec level?
1: All, all of them. I, 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 I talk all along the stack. I'm talking to the developers themselves. I'm talking to their directors. I'm talking to the SVPs. And I'm talking to the C-level people. And, and of course, the C-level people do, absolutely do not care about that. The the developers yeah, themselves care they, about
2: cost and security and right
1: maintainability the, the developers themselves do care, care about that but the but the, but their tooling and their pro their, their tooling isn't nearly as impor, as important as their process and their policy and, right. and trying and trying to get them to agree and and that's why I jokingly was given the name cloud therapist because I'd have to work in between teams to get them to just agree that the sky was in fact blue instead of, you know, oh, you know, them one team saying it's green and the other team saying it's red when when there's easily measurable KPIs to to prove that it's blue. Uh so so yeah, that's that's why that question is loaded because because yes we're doing a good job describing tooling and, and what it can and what it cannot do, but it almost doesn't matter when the, when the rubber hits the road because the teams themselves, they're going to use whatever they're going to use. And it's, right. it's just a matter of getting them all to play well together.
2: So that's interesting. I mean, that's insightful. For people who are listening to this podcast, then that confirms, and I'll, I'll get Emily's opinion, but what you're actually saying is that in 2022, DevOps is still... Reliant on human beings, and the processes you've put in place, and how you've set up your company—that technology is not going to save you.
0: Oh, I I think you cannot separate humans from any system. I mean, this is why so much of my work focuses on that. And you know, Chris and I get along so well in part because we're like, humans are weird, isn't that funny?
1: (laughs) Um, (laughs) We could be like a stand-up duo. Hey, Git GitLab, how about that, huh? What
0: (laughs) exactly? (laughs) What? I, uh, I think like humans are, are fundamentally broken and beautiful and the things that we do are unique to us. Um, and so I think like anytime you're looking at a system and in our case, a technical system, you have to take that into account and not just, you know, we talk about processes, but we, we also have to talk about the psychological safety of an organization. Mm-hmm. We have to talk about how people communicate within an organization What personalities are there? What kind of leadership is in place? Um, All of these things kind of go unspoken and unacknowledged, but have extreme influence on everyday behavior. And I think it's really important to note that every individual will behave differently in a different system. Like I will behave differently in this group than I will in a different group. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes those changes are slight and sometimes they're, they're larger, um, but yeah, it's it's really interesting. So you have to look at the system as a whole. I think.
2: And I and this is great. Thank you, both of you. You're I'm a welcome.
0: developer. Leader. I know it's great. We're great. Oh,
1: we, <laughs> okay. we are. We're amazing. We're fabulous. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> you Again, are. Gotta go. Bye. <laughs> so
2: Emily, I'm a developer. Chris, I'm a developer. I'm sitting here. Yep. I'm writing my code. I kind of feel powerless because I feel like my the culture at my company sucks, let's just say. And I'm not I'm not. I'm not saying me. I'm just, I've been at different companies like this. What right. advice would you both give if I'm a developer in that situation that I can create real change? If I know it doesn't matter if I'm adopting the latest technology, I'm still going to hit these other things. What can I bring to my company to create better change for everyone, all of my coworkers, and just make it a better place that I want to work at through that that kind of release process?
1: Emily, do you want to go first?
0: I was going to say I, I'm always here, so you go first.
1: Okay, so if if I'm a developer and I'm in a toxic organization, or if my department is toxic, or something like that, the the first thing that I do is I f- is I figure out. Uh, so so I. I have skip levels. I, I immediately start talking to not just my boss, but the bosses of the other um, sections of the organization, the SVPs, the, the C-level folks. And I, and I try to figure out what, it, what is important to the business. The, the actual thing that's important to the business is going to be what drives my role and the role of my team towards right. either success or failure. If, if, the, if, the business is, if the business is trying to put out widget A, and widget b is the thing that i'm working on and that's literally only 10% of the revenue that's that's a thing that i need to know about so that i can figure out how much i need to care about it and and how much time right. effort and money i should pour into that versus widget widget a and you know toxic environments are something that's that's an entire podcast all unto itself but but there's <laughs> but ha- having having visibility and having that that um that that pulled back view of how your organization runs is is super important, and having open communication lines to the other directors and the other SVPs to right. m- maybe maybe reinforce your your situation and and talk to other folks yeah. s- just 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 to see how things are going in the organization.
2: I was just going to say maybe even formalizing that a bit to make it like super real for someone is an anonymous inbox or an anonymous process that goes right to those people that's kind of like you pulling on a string on a train that's saying hey mm-hmm. this release really sucked because of this i didn't see my mm-hmm. family all weekend because of this like just kind of that anonymous feedback that goes directly to skip levels assuming that those people will take action i think is a is a way to empower developers inside that that process
1: Yeah. It's, it's super tough. I mean, if, if you drop me into three different companies, I'll have three different answers for what that person ought to do because, because some, sometimes it's, let's be honest, it's the boss that stinks. Sometimes it's, it's the peers and sometimes it's you. Sometimes you're just a bad fit for that role and you would, and you would thrive better in a different area. So it's, it's something, it's, it's something that involves a little bit of introspection, but a generalized awareness of, of how your organization functions. Your turn, Emily. I was completely wrong, wasn't I? <laughs> no, I, I love I love everything. that. I love that. Oh, thank yeah. you.
0: I did too. I also want, um, I just always like to remind developers and other technical folks, like you are uniquely qualified to speak on a number of topics. Mm. And even when the business owners or the business stakeholders have very strong opinions or, um, could even be combative. I think it's really important that, that us as an industry, when it's safe, like I don't expect anyone to take these risks. I understand we all have to work within a, a personal risk profile. Um, mm-hmm. but standing up and saying like, no, pushing back, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think that's really important. I think it kind of embeds us further into the business. This isn't, we, we are not a service to a company, we are fundamental to products and services at this point. Um, Saying no is very should, powerful. Yeah, we should rest in that and uh, really step into that power. I think, I think that's important, especially over the next few decades.
1: Agreed.
2: Yeah, and I all right. I want to because we're going long on this on the second episode. Oh. I just want to ask you one thing: like, what's got Chris excited?
1: So. I know you're starting this
2: new gig, and I mean, you've messaged me before, and I'm super excited for you and your new gig. And I know you're going to do amazing and really help people. But like, overall, and, and by the way, after our last what was episode was that Emily, where someone asked us about like life and stuff too. I forget who it was, but they actually asked us Linda? like what works. Was it yeah. Linda?
0: Yeah, Linda um, was like, she was like, "Well, what are you excited about?" I was like, "Oh my gosh, fifty episodes in! This is the first time this is happening." <laughs> Ooh.
2: Yeah, Ooh, so it could Vegas. be it could be anything. Like, I don't want to limit you just to technology,
1: but like, what's got you excited? Honestly, the thing that has me the most excited right now is is this new role within Worldwide. Um, Worldwide is is a is a very large company that literally nobody knows about. It's it's a it's a thirteen something billion dollar company, and most most folks that I talk to about it, they're like Worldwide. You mean like Prestige Worldwide from Step Brothers? Wow, yeah. that, that's that's literally what I get. Um, so so my role is is to um, ba- basically become a Devrel for worldwide and, and start advocating and and getting the logo out there and start, and, you know, going to, to conferences and doing presentations yeah. and then getting other folks in inter- basically I'm going to be doing during the day, what I've been doing at night for the past 13 years. I'm, I'm, they want me to start having V brown bags. They want me to start doing user group uh, um, sessions. That's awesome. I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I've been doing at night for the past 13 years, but I'm going to get paid yeah. for it during the day. So I'm totally stoked about it.
2: It's rare for a company to get that too, because anybody that's been in DevRel to, to explain to people why long-term relationships and being authentic and being and <clears throat> and not blasting a message but actually listening is important for
1: every company
2: out there. So I'm I'm excited for you and that in that
1: you have that. Yeah, that's I have awesome. some amazing bosses uh, at my company, so they're 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 giving me a lot of rope to hang myself. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you won't. You won't.
0: <laughs> you won't. You'll like build a raft, bring people on that raft with you. You'll like go down this river, the water <laughs> that Dave keeps talking about. The,
1: the whitewater river that we've been traversing this entire yes, time.
0: <laughs> exactly. Not a helmet. I'm, I'm, and you're, no, I, I genuinely wish you all the best success in this. I think you're a key person in the community. You're someone who... Brings people in and makes them feel welcome, and meets the needs yes. of others, and so that's just really—it's really special. And I want to honor that for you.
1: I feel the same way about you two. I, I super appreciate that.
0: We just love each other. Oh, so, much love so, in this podcast.
1: so much love. <laughs> thank you so <sir>. much.
0: <laughs> All right, and on that happy note, do you have some like outro music for us, Dave?
1: I can't see us
0: dance